You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling in the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and then to mine. I call out to these people who were here before us, those on whose shoulders we stand. I call out to these people who lived well and died well, who met the challenges of their times and let those challenges bring forth the true gifts and medicine that these people had to bring to the world at their time. And I ask these ancestors, even those who really struggled with life, but through that struggle learned Learn things that we need to know now. I call out to these ancestors to be with us, to stand behind us, and to support us so that we can go forward in a good way, in a good way that opens up our medicine for this time, and that we do so in a way that opens the way for those who are coming. And I ask the ancestors to gather around us and to hold us well in these endeavors. And I reach out beyond the human ancestors to the non-human ancestors. All of life that's been here on earth long before there were humans and will most likely be here long after. I call out to these energies to be with us as well, to help us to surrender more fully to our true nature, to move out of our minds and embody the human spirit more fully, and to live in a way that allows the humans to step into their place in the great web of life, and to do so in a way that we are a blessing, we are a part of the song, that we bring grace into this great expression of life. And so I ask these non-human ancestors to gather around as well and to help us to, to move beyond ourself and our perceived limitations and to begin more than we believed that we could be. And as these ancestors gathered around, I invite you and myself to gather your mind from wherever it might be and bring it into your head, bring your consciousness now from your head to your heart and from our heart to your belly. And let's take a moment and reach down and touch the earth and give thanks. Thanks for this day and the fact that you are alive, that as long as you're breathing, it's another chance to change and to transform. We give gratitude for the diversity and the beauty that inspires us. We give gratitude for all the gifts that have arrived in our life, disguised as curses and problems. For these are the gifts that once we figure out how to open them and receive them, will be the things that truly transform us. We give great gratitude to this wonderful generosity and this dream of life here on earth. And we give thanks for the wonder and the awe of life itself. And with the gratitude moving in our heart for this one moment in our busy day that we stop and we focus and we give thanks, we let this energy move down through all the layers of the earth. Gratitude pouring out, focus diving down as we move all the way down to the center of the earth and anchor ourselves firmly there. And let us connect in at the very core of the earth, our core to the core of the earth. We connect in to this energy that is before, 
that is before abundance, that is before creativity, that is before the great diversity that we experience. We connect into this energy of potential, this energy that is not yet anything, but is still and silent, that is cold and dark, that refreshes, renews, replenishes and restores. And let us reach deep into that energy and draw it up into our life, drawing it up through all the layers of the earth into our day and into our bodies. We draw this energy up that we might learn from it how to ground ourselves truly here in the world, in our bodies, and that we would know then for what we stand. What is it that we stand for and that that we can build our sense of home on that? And may we do so in a way that the door to our home is open to those who are different than we are. That we are not attached and, uh, to place or to people that are like us, but that we open ourselves to those that would help us to change and to grow. We call these energies into our lives to help us all become the men and women that we have come here to be. And in this way, may we come to understand all the disparate aspects of ourself. We come into a kind of connection and interconnection and interdependence and finally understanding the multidimensional web that is this great web of life and that we know our place in it, that we are essential and irrelevant at the same time and when we find our balance with that paradox. And may we use this energy then to draw in to our heart and to our mind as we draw this earth energy up all the way up to the highest power of the universe, out through the sky, out through the atmosphere, out into the cosmos, reaching and reaching and reaching to that energy by whatever name you call it, by whatever way you understand it, reaching to this energy that offers blessings on all equally. And as we connect to these radiant energies, these divine energies, let us draw them down into our life calling them into ourselves, into our day, into these proceedings, and drawing down this essence energy of blessing, drawing into our lives the energy of protection and making choices that allow that energy to move in our lives, making choices that allow blessing to move in our lives, making choices that allow us to feel this inspiration that comes, that allow us to be devoted to that which matters, to commit to that which is worthy of our time and energy. And may we feel the inspiration and illumination that comes from allowing in these energies from above, allowing them to move through our body from our head to our heart and our heart to our belly and our belly all the way down to the center of the earth. And in this way, let us be the place in which the energies from above and below connect and that they come together in that great complementary dualism that we call love. And we call out to this big love and we invite that big love of heaven and earth to awaken the spirit in our own heart. And may that crucible of transformation that exists only in the heart come alive with the presence of this big love within us. And may that crucible call up then the fiery passions of the belly and the lower chakras, those energies that resonate with why we are here. And call these energies up out of the dark into our heart and draw down the crystal clarity of the mind, grounding it to its purpose, bringing in that ability to see the world as it is and know what it is that we must do. We call that energy into our heart as well. And we let these two energies so different in their character dance together in a way that gives birth to a third and ever so sacred thing which is your understanding or feeling or memory some sense of why you are here 
And may you find in your human heart the courage that it takes to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts into the world, to make why you are here manifest in some way. And for all of the spirit help that we have to do this, I give great gratitude as all of these energies gather round. May what needs to be said be said here today, and what needs to be heard be heard, and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I give great gratitude for all the help that we have to do the things we are asked to do with our life. And I give special thanks to John and Kirk and Evelyn, to Deb, Valerie, Michelle, Anne, Madeline, and Darcy, and all of the listeners who donate financially to the show. That is, those who are willing and able to donate financially do help to, well, they don't help, they keep the show on the air. Um, There are many bills that need to be paid to keep the show quote-unquote free for those of you who do download the show from either iTunes or whyshamanismnow.com or from the co-creatornetwork.com site. And I give gratitude to those of you that are able to support that. If you are moved in any way by the show, even if you're moved to frustration and irritation, inspiration, illumination, it doesn't matter. The point is recognizing that movement in the heart and doing that most shamanic of things, which is to allow the movement, that which moves your heart, to motivate your actions in the world. And this is, of course, what Why Shamanism Now is all about, is the contemporary application of shamanic skills and shamanic ideas, shamanic way of being in the world. And so I give gratitude to those of you that are helping me to do that. And I also give gratitude to those of you that are being creative to figure out, okay, I'm moved by the show, but I feel like I can't donate financially. So what else can I do to help the show? What else can I do to share the ideas broader and wider in the world? Can I bring them more deeply into my own life and practice them and come up with some good questions that might make for a really interesting show that would help others on the path? Others we may not ever meet because we're spread all around the globe. And so I give gratitude for those of you that are being creative in that way and giving to the show um, in that way as well. Because all of these many things, large and small, are the things that are keeping the show going and recently someone donated a dollar one u.s dollar and and i really smiled and was grateful for that because obviously the person is challenged financially but gave nonetheless because i'm not looking for you know big advertising money or people donating five thousand dollars which would be fine if someone did i wouldn't give it back but but having a thousand people donate five is not so unreasonable and so I give gratitude for those of you that, that do offer humble donations because it is the sum total of our humble acts, each one of us every day, that make these important things in the world happen. Not just the show, but many things. That um, was listening to a, a teleconference on shamanism last night and, and the, the, I was just listening and the panelists were all talking about how we, particularly as Americans, you know, we're looking for that big change, that big transformation, that one thing that's going to make it all different. And, you know, that's not a shamanic perspective, that shamanism operates through the way that we live, the choices that we make, one divination at a time, one healing at a time, moving through this, not this great dramatic Hollywood entitled, I pay my money, I get to be initiated now kind of attitude, but a much humbler attitude. And this is, this is where my gratitude comes from, is those of you that are, that are willing to try that with me, this humbler attitude that small, sincere gestures that come from the heart can change 
our lives. And in changing our lives, we can change what it is that needs to be changed in the world. So I'm thankful for you for engaging with me in this experiment called Why Shamanism Now. We are live today. And if you have questions about today's uh, topic, you can call me at 512-772-1938. Or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site or email me at christina at lastmasscenter.org. You're welcome to do that anytime with questions about the shows. And sometimes your simple questions aren't simple, but they sure turn into great radio shows. So thank you very much, everybody, for your communication and dialogue about the show. If you actually want to make comments about the show, the comments on the Why Shamanism Now site are closed because there's too many too many spam bots talking. Um, but you're welcome to post comments on the Facebook page. And I mean that literally. You're welcome to post your words on the Facebook page. Anybody is welcome to share your words. Please do so in a way that is respectful that you are sharing your point of view. There's been some posts on the Facebook page lately that are not, in my estimation, truly heartfelt. And we're going to talk about the heart today, so I'm bringing this up in the context of today's show. One problem is people who are posting their ideas as if if their, their personal ideas are absolute truths. And I don't care who you think your helping spirits are, We are all getting the closest thing to truth that we can handle in any moment, but we are not necessarily receiving absolute truths. So please respect the fact that other people have other perspectives by posting your perspective as your perspective, not as absolute truth. I mean, I tried to do the same thing on the show, saying this is just a perspective. This is my perspective. Um, It is not the whole story. The other thing is please don't just post the dramatic bloody footage of that's getting posted and reposted in all of our many electronic feeds and all of our lives if you want to make a comment comment but don't just post things and expect other people to figure out what you mean by slogging through whatever that newsreel is or something the facebook page is there for us to communicate so use your words and use them with respect of other people please Okay, so with that said, moving right along. So I'm, I'm actually excited today to be doing part four of this five-part series that got started back last fall by a listener who was asking, why do I get so depressed in the transitional seasons in spite of my practices? And that inspired this series of looking at the seasons. How do we work shamanically with the spirit of the seasons? Not just the equinoxes, not just the elements, but the seasons themselves. And the idea being if we work well with the seasons as a whole through the whole year because the seasons as a whole are balanced. You know, each one individually has its own character and is a little bit out of balance. But as a whole, they are balanced. And we as people move through those seasons. We can't not. And so how can we as humans work with the seasons to create that kind of wholeness and balance within ourselves. And in particular, when we work contrary to the season and what the season is inspiring in our physical body, because it's a very physical thing. So if we try to go contrary to the season, we create problems, which is which was the real insight in this listener's original question that, that sparked the idea for these series. So personally, these are some of my favorite shows. Um, I think that in the long run, they have great 
value. They and they're valuable for me to research them and 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 get ready to offer them. And so we've done fall. Um, we did winter. Um, so we did fall was lung, winter's kidney time with as we kind of correlate shamanism and um, Taoistic medicinal practices or Chinese medicine. So moving on into spring, we did spring, which was the big liver gallbladder. And there's actually a bunch of shows about the springtime because it's a very important time. Um, Oh, okay. So now we're moving on into summer. We're not quite there yet in the Northern Hemisphere. Granted, um, yesterday I was just jogged into reality by pictures of a snowy winter in Australia. And that just shocked me to go oh, right southern hemisphere is on the other side of the page so anyway you, uh australians can go to the um winter show now that will be appropriate for you and those of us here in the northern hemisphere will move on into summer courageously into summer so the interesting thing for me about winter and summer is their their um winter is big full yin time and summer is big full yang time and so they're not seasons necessarily of transition, but seasons of really manifesting the gifts of these uh, two phases of chi that make up our life. And so summer, being full yang time, is a time of action and manifestation. It's a season of joy and enthusiasm and creativity. So each, you know, each of these seasons, as I said, it has its own spirit and they all have a profound influence on us, even though many of us live in very climate controlled environments. And nonetheless, the seasons are happening and they are affecting us. And this is the um, value, I think, in looking at this and understanding the correlation between the seasons and our bodies and what's trying to happen. Because if we would work with it, as I said, the wholeness of who we are physically would come into alignment. And this is an important thing to think about in terms of summer because the heart, the, the summer is about fire, fire uh, in ele- element in the, in the body, the organs it correlates with is the heart primarily. And then the small intestine is the pairing in Chinese medicine. So what's interesting to me about the heart I was thinking about this after getting the show ready because when we there were all these wonderful little spiritual things to discover when we looked at the fall and the winter and the spring about the organs and these different qualities in their spiritual component and how it affected our capacity to really be who we are in our lives to live a life of legend to be mighty in our purpose and they had this really deep um spiritual underpinnings they're also yin you know moving into yin big yin and moving out of yin right and so here we are in summer and i'm thinking wow this is a big challenge for people because it's not woo woo spiritual new agey stuff that you can do spiritual bypass around summer is yang it is about your actions how your choices shape your actions and your actions shape the world it is actually about as sexy as it gets but in our contemporary climate around spirituality it's not considered sexy and so i've been thinking about this a lot this morning waiting for the show is is this is the main reason actually people get into the cycle teachings and then get out <laughs> because a whole lot more people come in than stay 
because what excites people up front is all this energy around becoming a skillful person and a spiritual grown-up and being to really being able to really affect your life and to live your soul's purpose and it's very inspiring and it calls people in and then the shit hits the fan when people recognize the bottom line is right here summertime yong action your life will not change if you do not change and the only way you change is to change deep in your core to change your thinking which will change your choices which will change your actions which will change your life and nobody's going to do that for you and so people leave and they bounce out when when they realize that you know we make commitments about how we're going to live the teachings each year as we move year by year through the cycle and problems arise and people go ah, running around in circles with their hands in the air and we say well this commitment is not being lived. What will you do? How will you change to more fully live this commitment? And as contemporary people, they're like, what? You mean you expect me to really do this? You mean you expect me to live up to the vows that I've taken? You expect me to act on the commitments that I've made? You expect me to hold myself and my behavior to a standard all the time? And and it kicks up this... Um, very contemporary person kind of energy and, and I can speak to it very personally so I took the contract to write the Encyclopedia of Shamanism or an Encyclopedia of Shamanism right and I was years into this ridiculous project which is gigantic and a beautiful and worthy project but an enormous project nonetheless so I'm writing and writing and writing and writing I'm four years into this project and I'm thinking I'm never going to get done I have already downsized the scope of the book by 50% twice, and I'm still thinking I'm never going to get done. And this woman offered, as a giveaway at the end of a workshop, she offered to call me every week until the book was done and to just facilitate my writing. And so this is the correlation to what I'm saying today. And I panicked. Here is this sincere offering of skillful help. And I panicked because now somebody was going to be in my business. Somebody was going to see how many weeks I failed to write a word. Somebody was going to want to know why that was happening. And I was going to expose myself. I was my, my own true sort of darker underpinnings were going to be exposed to this person. And I panicked. And I, and I was just far enough along in my own development as a shamanic practitioner that I was able to say, great, you are flipping out. You are totally panicking. So this is precisely what you need to do. And so I said, yes, thank you. It scared the crap out of me. But the encyclopedia got done. And it only got done because I was willing to invite someone in or allow someone into my life to hold me to my own word, to help me to do what I said I would do. That is the essence of heart. That is the essence of this true yang energy. Your heart needs to hear you say it and then experience you doing what you've said. That the heart needs to feel that alignment. And when the heart is healthy, and this is really important to understand about the heart, when the, that, and that piece I just talked about is really the place that we can have a profound impact through shamanic skills is aligning the words and the actions. 
aligning the beliefs and the words and the actions, noticing where they're not aligned, understanding how to get in there and change that. That's really the, the medicine of the cycle teachings in particular, but shamanism in general. The next piece about the heart, though, that is really important to understand physically is that the heart also coordinates all the other organs. It, it has an enormous governing function over the entire body and how the organs function with each other. And this is not only true in ancient Chinese medicine from their perspective, but we're also seeing this reinforced from the heart math people. So this is not even something I would debate about anymore. That this is this is this was intuited and practiced and proven to be true through thousands of years of Chinese medicine, and it's also being rediscovered and reproved through the science and the work of the of the heart math people, and it's being proved and reproved every day in every single shamanic healing. So, so this is something that we need to really recognize: is the heart is not only the organ system that it is, the fire element organ system paired with a small intestine, but the heart is also governing everything, orchestrating everything. So if your heart is not aligned, if you are not doing what you say, or you're doing what you say, but that isn't aligned with what you're truly meant to be doing. So it's all about the alignment there in the heart with your deepest truth. So if the heart is out of alignment, then the heart the constitution of the heart is either goes into excess or deficiency. And in those unhealthy states, it doesn't govern the whole system well. So the system begins to become problematic. And so it's very important to understand as non-woo-woo as the heart is. The heart is truly about your beliefs, your choices, and your actions, and your manifestation in the world, and the alignment, the deep alignment of all of that with your reason for being here, your deeper truths, and how living what has meaning and value for you cultivates a strong heart, and it gives you that much more courage to do that which seemed impossible yesterday, and in the doing of it, there is a great celebration and a recovery and, and a re-engaging in that manifestation in the world. So that the heart is all about courage and to live what is true for you, regardless of what is going on around you. Not in spite of it, right? But not allowing the judgments or the perceptions or even the decay of what is going on around you to keep you from what is true for you. And at the same time, that balance of that is that it is the heart that is designed to connect with everything that's going on around you so you understand how to do this thing that is true for you to do in a way that is good for all living things. And that's the dynamic about it. The heart, you can't just be in excess and just do what is right for you to do at all cost. That it's about doing what is aligned for you to do, but doing it in a way that engages in the connectedness and the understanding of what's really going on here and what the real energies are and how to operate in this world so that your choices are affecting reality. This is, this is um, the challenge of our time shamanically. Journeying's great. Embodiment trans states are great. You know, shamanism is fun. It's cool. It's, it's, it's amazing. You can spiritual bypass all you want in it. 
But the purpose of this show, the practical application of shamanism, is how can it affect our choices in the world, literally, so that we create a different life for ourselves. And in that creation, with all of us creating a different life for ourselves, we're creating a different world. We're creating a different culture. So that's really the essence of the heart. So with that said, let's talk then a little bit more about the heart energy, the fire energy, and how we would work with that. So again, we're talking about true yang energy. So before I go off on another tangent here, um, we really actually need to talk about what true yang looks like. Because there's a tendency for people who don't really understand yin-yang energies to say that American culture or Western culture is, is yang. And it's actually not. It's excess yang. It's false yang. But it is actually rare that we see an action of true yang energy, except if we're following somebody like Jimmy Carter, right? I mean, so the actual expressions of true yang energy are rare, right? And so it's important to understand that at its essence, qi, when it's in its yang expression, is about creativity and the movement of energy into manifestation or expression. Whether we're expressing through words or song or movement or art or building or creating, it's about the manifestation of things. So it's the chi in the motion or in the movement, in the action, the growth um, and manifestation, not the necessarily the little shoots coming up, but the actual manifestation of the blossoming of the iris, the ripening of the fruit, the actual full action and manifestation of the thing that is moving. So what many people don't understand about true yang energy is that it is playful, it is joyful, it is generous, and it's a big blessing. And every time I go out into my yard and I pick berries, I have raspberries ripening right now, and I eat a berry, I know that life is a blessing. Berries are a gift. They are such an amazing blessing. That so, and that is the essence energy in true yang is the feeling of blessing, the giving, the receiving, of, giving and receiving of blessing. So the other thing that's important to understand about true yang energy is completion is critical if we're really true in our yang expression, as is cleansing and protection. So if you're living your life without any um, attention to completion, in other words, you avoid conflict, you avoid ending things, you avoid saying no, that's, that's avoiding completion, right? So if you're living without any attention to are you completing things in your life, if you're moving through day to day without the expectation of daily cleansing, right, at least energetically, or if you expect to live a good life without protecting the truth of your heart. So in other words, if you're living without attention to completion, protection, and um, cleansing, then you are not in alignment with true yang energy. That this, this um, so one of my, I mean, I say this all the time on shows, but one of my favorite new age whipping boys is the whole, I don't want to have to have boundaries, that I'm going to evolve to a place where I don't need boundaries, 
mean, that is, that is such a false expression of yang energy because the nature of yang is protection and understanding how the iris, I'll go back to the iris in my yard, the bulb, the iris bulb in my yard protects itself so that when it rises and blossoms, it can be an iris. If it doesn't have this innate protection, it rots or it gets eaten or, you know, it doesn't get to be an iris. You know, protection is a necessary expression of yang energy. It's not necessarily about defense. That's a different thing. But it's about the holding of something so that that thing can manifest, so the true yang energy can manifest into its full blossoming. And without protection, we have no blossoming. It's a very important understanding. So true yang energy is about action. It's about the quality of our actions in the world. It's about timeliness versus inaction. And it's about our actions being blessings and really thinking about what it is that we offer and doing so in a way that it's a blessing. So when we talk about true yang expression in human action, we are talking about precision. We are talking about devotion and we are talking about excellence. These are all qualities of true young expression and action. Okay, so Western culture, again, we don't get that very well, but that's important. And by the way, in the cycle teachings, this is what we're exploring in year three. Because if we don't understand yin and yang energy, we are not going to understand power as it truly moves in our world to power. And we can't apply ourselves as people in the world with gifts if we don't understand power. So understanding the heart and the fire and the true yang energy is a very important part of understanding how to move your power in a good way in the world. And this is the, one of the four components of the courageous heart, the strong heart and the ability to move power in a good way in the world. So in contrast to all of this, all of this healthy heart um, healthy fire, true yang energy. Uh, so to give you a sense of how we get to the false yang or the excess yang. So if if we're in if we move into false yang, then then where we were focused on precision, which is the true yang action, to be precise in our actions, and we and we we push into false yang, then that precision becomes aggression. And I'm, I'm guilty of this. When I get frustrated and I can't make what I want to make happen happen, I get loud. I get aggressive. I'm totally guilty of this. And so that's where um, I move from a true yang expression into false yang. I mean, bullies are not the only people that are aggressive out there. I see aggressive mothers at the grocery store all the time, right? We culturally are aggressive. And we need to understand that it's just the false expression and a dysfunction in our heart that keeps us from a precision in our action that would make our heart sing. So another example would be devotion. Devotion is, is a word that is really maligned, I think, in contemporary American culture at least, maybe not so much in Europe. But the idea that we would stay devoted to something for more than a three-second Twitter post tweet, whatever we want to call it. I mean, the attention span, the capacity to be devoted to something like your life's work, you know, it's no longer fashionable. Everybody's rushing from fad to fad to fad. 
And what that's about is it's feeding this false young energy of ambition to be known, to be seen, to be heard for no other reason but for the ambition of it versus being devoted to something that will make your heart happy, whether anybody ever sees it or not. And of course, people will because they'll be drawn to the singing of the heart quality of that. But devotion and ambition are two very different things. And yet, ambition is the natural progression from the true yang into the false yang expression in life. The other thing that's really important to understand about true yang energy is there is a really strong energy of excellence in yang, which is very different from perfection. So getting us out of this addiction to perfection, that is very much an aspect of the American culture. But to really be focused on excellence and how when we as an individual do something that is our truly our best effort, it is our closest manifestation, it is our excellence, there is enormous nourishment of the heart that comes from that. A deep, deep, heartfelt satisfaction that I have done my best. This is my manifestation of excellence. And that is enormously important for our heart to feel that. And this is why raising children where excellence is not being acknowledged, it creates children that are cruel, mean in their hearts because their excellence is not being acknowledged because we wouldn't want to acknowledge Susie's excellence if we're not if Bobby doesn't have any excellence to acknowledge and the kids know this is wrong it's really hard on their hearts to not acknowledge excellence and maybe the issue is not to always call everybody the same but to acknowledge a wider span of excellence so we have academic excellence over here we have artistic excellence over here we have emotional excellence over here and that all of the excellence gets acknowledged perhaps that would be a better way of parenting but it would certainly teach our children to be healthier in their hearts and more aligned with true yang energy and the excessive yang energy similarly that we see culturally is again more ambition it's like a double whammy, faults and excess. Um, but it's also the obsession that we see in our culture, be it too much or too little, the obsessive nature of how we can have a culture of obesity and starvation in the same culture. That's obs obsession energy um, and greed. And these are all this, this extension of the yang energy out of the balance of the true yang and into this realm of faults and excessive yang. So this is important to pay attention to when we're in the summer because if it's a time of action and yang expression and what happens if our heart is not um, aligned well is we can easily move that, that yang energy that's being supported by the season around us into excessive or false um, expressions. There's also deficient and stagnant expressions of yang but we'll get there here. Um, so let's remember that as we move into summer, that we are coming out of the springtime or the liberal gallbladder time, which is the time of the dreamer. Remember, we, t we talked in as we have met, talked many times about the springtime as liver time and the time of the dreamer manifester. And so, obviously, the whole point is in spring, you know, so we, we go deeply into what really needs to gestate and we reorganize ourselves through the yin work in the winter. 
And then that begins to awaken the dreamer in the spring. And what we want to manifest begins to come alive. We begin to marshal our forces towards that. We begin to do the essentially the strategy around manifestation. And then the summertime with all the yang energy is the time to just go for it and to manifest the dream that has come out of the winter through the spring you know focus through the dreamer manifestor energy of the liver gallbladder and it's ready to move through that well-aligned heart and become manifest in the world like an arrow and it is it is beautiful when it is happening and it is heartbreaking when it goes awry okay so so energetically right the heart um, or the fire when it is in balance we experience in our life the flow of love and joy it doesn't mean we don't work hard we don't sweat our ass off we don't get frustrated but the movement of that energy when the heart is aligned or the fire energy is balanced in our life is the flow through our life of love and joy and this um, and in this way the state of the heart determines our capacity then to form meaningful relationships Right, so if we're in an excessive place in the heart, we can't form. We may form a lot of relationships, but not necessarily meaningful relationships. We're in a, when we're in a deficient place in our heart, it's hard to create relationships. But certainly, we don't necessarily even have a meaningful relationship with ourselves, much less with others. So when the heart is out of balance, humans begin to experience. So, in other words, how would I know my heart's out of balance? Right. Okay, so we're a human. When the heart is out of balance, we experience impatience, arrogance, aggression, ambition, hastiness, you know, carelessness, cruelty, and violence. And before you say, oh, that's not me, let's remember that there are things like emotional cruelty. There is mental violence, spiritual violence, even spiritual dominance, that that the out-of-balance heart shows up everywhere in America, not just those people over there that are the designated cruel, violent people. But I see people through emotional, mental, psychological, spiritual ways of engaging, being violent and cruel to each other all the time. And so this is all about the heart and whether the heart is in balance or out of balance. So if I bring this back to myself as a young woman like high school, I was um, unbelievably impatient to get out of the small town that I grew up in and the high school that I'd already taken all the classes and was bored out of my mind my senior year and just wanted to go live my dreams. And believe me, at that time, shamanism was not on the menu for living my dreams. So it shows you what I knew at this time. But the point is, my heart was not in balance at that time. Now, granted, I was young and coming out of adolescence. So what do we expect? But the point is that impatience, that constant pushing impatience was a sign that I didn't know at the time of my heart being truly out of balance. And that summer, as that yang energy came in its full expression, I made decisions that should have gotten me killed or seriously hurt in some way because I was so impatient to get on with my dreams, unable to do that until the fall because of the decisions that have been made in my life. And I look back at that now and I really see how these excessive and false yang um, 
decisions were being made and all these relationships were being formed and broken and trashed and formed again in ways that were not meaningful. And I just see this thrashing of this young heart want, you know, just, just really out of balance with the fire, which may be sort of natural for that age. But anyway, it's a good example of the heart and the fire energy being really out of balance in an otherwise good person. You know, like I said, that violence and cruelty is not only in the designated violent and cruel people in the culture, that people, that those people are reflecting back to us what we're doing. So there aren't any those people. It's all all of us. Okay, so when the heart is in balance, the way we know that is we experience joy and enthusiasm. We experience spirit in things, that moment of going, wow, I feel the hand of spirit in that. You know, it might not be me, it might be other people, but I'm really, I get it. Something bigger's moving this here. There's a quality of radiance and a quality of lightness. That there's a sense of, in spite of all of this work, there is an effortlessness to it. Because there's a joy in the heart and we experience creativity and enthusiasm, excitement um, that comes out of the creative expression. And in the midst of that enthusiasm, if it's true yang and there's a balanced heart, we also feel honor, you know, that we're honored to be doing this good work. We're honored to be with these good people. We're honored to be the means by which this medicine gets into the world. So it's not about ambition. We feel honored and really sincere to be engaged in whatever the efforts are that we are devoted and committed to. And so true young energy is um, really beautiful really really beautiful energy because in the fullness of this manifestation there is this enormous blessing and generosity and love and and it is the thing that brings the circle around without action without action that is from an aligned heart the circle is broken and we move into dysfunction and then that governing principle of the heart over all the organs or over all the aspects of the life it just falls apart and it's heartbreaking so it's important to remember that some summer is this time of this true young energy but it's also the time that the heart is cleansing and nourishing and expressing itself um so when the heart is allowed to come into balance in a healthy body the heart can then function, as I said, as this ruler or this governing energy of the organs. And it keeps everybody working together. And, it, or, and so the heart is orchestrating both the yin and yang aspects of the body. And that makes it unique in, in, from a perspective of um, Chinese medicine. And it, uh, when, when the heart is doing this, the heart then can function in one of its major jobs being the residence of the mind. And so this Chinese medicine can use a lot of English words to try to describe this because it's a very non-English word kind of concept. Um, So the way I would say it shamanically, this idea of the heart being the residence of the mind is that the heart, from a shamanic perspective, we say the heart is meant, uh, sorry, the mind is meant to be in service of the heart. So all the capacity of the mind, the brilliance of the mind is not villainized. It's not um, demonized, but that the heart and all of it, uh, the mind and all of its capacity is meant to, to focus 
into how do we manifest things in the world from its alignment. So the focusing agent is the heart. So if the mind is in residence in the heart, then the heart becomes the context from which the mind is thinking about things versus the, everybody being up in their heads and the mind taking its concept from the crazy culture that we live in and whatever stories you're feeding your mind, whatever video games you're playing, whatever you're looking at in your feeds on Facebook, whatever, you know, all, that that becomes the context from which the mind is making decisions. That shapes then the choices. The choices shape the actions. The actions shape the world. And it's no wonder the same things keep happening over and over again. But if we can align the heart and make the heart the residence for the mind, then the mind begins to make different quality decisions. The choices shape different quality actions. The actions shape a different life. So from a Chinese medicine perspective, if the heart is strong, there will be normal mental activity. There will be balance, a balanced emotional life. So it will be an emotional life, but it will be balanced. There will be clear consciousness, not conscience, but consciousness. So there's a clarity of being a conscious being in your life with other conscious beings. There's good memory. If there's good memory, there's good learning. Learning is really critically important from a shamanic perspective. There's keen thinking. Again, another part. Good memory and keen thinking are both required for learning from our experience. But this is a really important thing. Also good sleep. And so these are all part of the function of an aligned and balanced heart becoming the residence for the mind. It allows these qualities of mental activity, emotional life, consciousness, the quality of thought, but also good, nourishing, rejuvenating sleep. So if the heart is deficient, there may be mental problems like depression, poor memory, dull thinking, insomnia, or excessive sleep without rejuvenation. So I was talking with a client the other day about these things and, and the client was really engaged in depression as a mental illness. And I said, you know, what if we look at your depression as a natural response to your life and we look at the issue actually being an issue of your heart? And the person just completely broke down. So if it's a mental illness, now I'm going up into my mind to deal with it. But if I recognize these symptoms as being an issue of the heart, then I, I fall apart in that way we, we must fall apart if we're going to become soft and vulnerable enough to know what we need to know to make the changes. So that's what I meant by that. But anyway, the other thing is if the heart is deficient and the mind is not well-rooted, um, there can also be the other side of this, which would be mental restlessness, anxiety, and insomnia that comes more from that um, overactive place. And then the point of all of these qualities is there's this really um, tight iterative loop and all of these qualities then circle back to the heart and continue to diminish the state of the heart. So it's, it's actually very important to notice these symptoms of the heart being out of alignment and really work to tonify the heart and align the heart. The challenge, of course, is the biggest movement in that area is your own alignment of your thoughts and words and actions with your own deeper truth. Okay, so back to that though. 
you wanted to begin to look at this shamanically, that, that list of things we would notice and begin to journey about understanding what can we do to help the heart come into alignment so that we are no longer, one, feeling depressed, experiencing poor memory, number two, number three, dull thinking, number four, insomnia, number five, excessive sleep without rejuvenation, number six, mental restlessness, and number seven, anxiety. So those are things, if you're doing those things chronically, then look for that. In, look for the root of the problem in the heart. So if it's possible that heart deficiency is the root of your problem, you know, what questions would you ask? And, and so in other words, how could you use this more Taoistic way of thinking about how we end up expressing those symptoms as a way to change the questions that you're journeying about versus how do I heal my depression? How do I heal this mental imbalance? Instead, to ask questions about the heart. And so according to really ancient Chinese medicine, mental activity and consciousness reside in the heart in the same way shamanic people see this. And that the spirits are constantly teaching us to place the mind in service of the heart. So you could ask, what beliefs keep me from placing my mind in the service of my heart? What fears keep me from placing my mind in the service of my heart. One big cultural fear is the fear that you're a fool if you risk loving. If you don't risk loving, you'll never have any meaningful relationships. If you never have meaningful relationships, your heart's not going to be very strong, right? And so very easy. I could probably spend the whole rest of the time on our show just listing typical contemporary American beliefs that would lead to fears or beliefs that would keep you from putting your mind in service of your heart. I'm, I mean, I grew up here. I had to deal with all of them and I still am, right? So the idea that mental activity and consciousness reside in the heart, not so much the mind, means that the state of the heart will affect these things. And so it's very important to keep that in mind versus always trying to solve everything through a psychological explanation. And it's part of the reason people don't understand their journeys because they are journeying about these things. But the journey is trying to help you see the answer through a more Taoistic or heart-based answer. And you're trying to interpret it through a psychological answer because that's what you expect. But these aren't really psychological issues, right? So if the heart is strong, it grounds the mind and the thoughts will be clear and the person will be happy. That's kind of ancient Chinese adage. But if the heart is not strong, and is not able to govern the mind, then the qualities of the actions will result in poor choices. So in excess, if the heart is in excess, then the mind goes into excess and the person can move into a manic state or talk incessantly or laugh inappropriately. So if you know those things about yourself, then journey about why your heart is in excess. Another excessive heart uh, presentation can be overly happy or joyful you know, that kind of thing where everything is wonderful, everything, you know, everything is excessively happy or, or overly loving or, or that great ambition at the expense of others or at the expense of one's own health. So those are all you could journey about why your heart is in excess and the yang energy has moved into excess. Now, deficient heart would be if the heart is, again, not strong and the mind ends up not it, – it's not that the heart or um, embrace the mind. 
it's more that um, the heart isn't able to give heart energy in a sense to the mind. So there's no vitality in the mind. The person ends up being sad, depressed, low spirits, um, worst possible interpretation of the situation. Glass is always half full, that, that kind of um, way of seeing the world. But again, if that's the way you're seeing the world, that's the way you're going to interpret your problems. So that's the way you're going to craft your questions and that's the way you're going to interpret your answers. So in spite of all your helping spirits work to try to get you to see it differently, if you're seeing it that way from the get-go, they can't change that, right? So that part is up to you to notice these kinds of symptoms. So another piece of a deficient heart can be um, when we experience a lack of joy or happiness, kind of no matter what's actually happening. There's no energy really in us to risk meaningful or loving relationships. And a person can become very reclusive because there's this lack of vitality in the heart and mind, not really because they're just being a healthy introvert, but they're just becoming reclusive as a reaction to all of this. So one of my Taoistic teachers said that in some ways – this can be easier if you look at it backwards. In other words, if you see the actions and then investigate where the actions came from and when it, when it comes to looking at the heart. Instead, we don't really quite understand the relationship between the heart and the mind and the governing function of the heart over the whole body very well. And so consequently, because the heart has its physical job, it has its... Um, job with the mind it has this governing job it also has this alignment job it's got all of these many jobs so if the heart is off everything starts to be off so anyway so this is what he's saying is it's so complex it 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 affects so many things sometimes it's easier to just look at the actions and then work your way back to where the actions came from so he explains it this way so first we look at what we're creating in our life how are we interacting is it joyful is it just Is it honorable? Does it have purpose and meaning to me? So if so, great, right? If not, then something is off. Okay. So the heart is the only organ in the body that has both a yin and a yang spirit. I'll talk about that in a minute, but it's the ling and the shen. And thus the heart is unique in that because it has a yin and yang spirit, it ha- it, it's complete in that. And so it, it experiences its own oneness and thus it's our direct connection to oneness. And so it, uh, through that connection to oneness or that Ling Shen relationship in the heart, if that is not cultivated, um, then it's not uh, – that alignment is not shaping our mind um, in a way that it that uh, it aligns the mind with the heart and then the choices with the mind. And so then we will begin to make choices and take actions that we ultimately won't be happy with. You know, we'll think they look good, but in their actual manifestation, we won't be happy with them. There won't be joy. There won't be honor. There won't be meaning. And then the unhappiness feeds back into the heart and accentuates the imbalance. So that brings us to this really important piece about the heart is this twin spirit in the heart, not to get caught up in the whole twin flames thing, right? But in the heart, there is the Ling and the Shen. And we've talked about this on other shows. The Ling spirit of the heart 
is what is closest to you, your personal relationship with your heart. And it carries in it that sense of why you are here. It's why meaning and purpose and honor and sincerity are a part of this whole energy of the heart and the fire and true yang expression. Because the Ling spirit of the heart is really about why am I this spirit embodied in this human body? So it's the relationship of my divinity and my humanity coming together in my heart for a reason. That, that understanding is what is carried in the Ling spirit of the heart. The Shen spirit of the heart is how I express my love, my Yang energy out in the world. So it's about all of those many things the heart does and how we express ourselves out in the world. And so the Shen spirit, ideally in an aligned and healthy heart, the Shen spirit is taking its marching orders from the Ling spirit. And so we are in, in good alignment. Our deep, true, most inner self, our greatest truth is, is organizing the Shen spirit of the heart. And it's moving out in the world and expressing something that is true to us in our manifestations in the world. And by that, I mean the most mundane manifestations, how you choose to drive, how you choose to shop for groceries to feed your family, how you do the work that you do. I'm not saying if the Ling spirit is aligned to your truth and so the Shen spirit is going to go out and you're going to be, you know, the Dalai Lama. I'm saying you just allow through the Shen spirit the alignment with your truth to be expressed in your actions in the world, all of them, throughout the whole day. That's the alignment in the heart. And so, oh, we've run out of time. So there, so that's the alignment in the heart, is the alignment of the Ling spirit and the Shen spirit and allowing that relationship to guide you in your actions in the world. So I give great gratitude to all of the ancestral energies that hold us in this way in the world that we can learn and relearn and manifest these things. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week.